Hey everybody and welcome back to episode 409 here of The Daily Grind. Today we are sitting down with the amazing Nir Eyal. Nir writes, consults, and teaches about the intersection of psychology, technology, and business. The MIT Technology Review dubbed Nir the prophet of habit-forming technology. Nier founded two companies since 2003 and has taught at the Stanford Graduate School of Business and the Hasso Plattner Institute of Design at Stanford. He is the author of the best-selling book, Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products and Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. If you are interested in time management, if you are interested in getting more out of your day, which means getting better results for your life and in your business, then this episode is for you, everyone. Be sure you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back, and really get into today's interview with Mr. Nir Eyal. Enjoy. Today's review of the day comes from Prof. Kim. Easy and inspiring listen. I appreciate his style of asking thoughtful questions and letting people share their own story. Each story is unique, each is inspiring, and he covers a broad range of topics. Everyone will find something they like. Thank you everyone so much for the wonderful reviews. If you wanna be featured on Review of the Day here, all you have to do is go to iTunes and leave that review. Thank you everyone so much for the continued support. Today's episode is brought to you by Wix. Now there's a lot of products and services that I bring you on the here on the Daily Grind to hopefully help you live a better life. But for me, Wix is something that I have actually used. If you go to dailygrindpodcast.com right now, you can check out the newly designed website that I built from scratch using Wix. This was the first site I ever created by myself because in the past, I've had to pay someone else to build it for me. I've had to go through that back and forth of asking for something different just to end up at the end really unsatisfied and having to put up with what I had. Using Wix allowed me to design and customize the site exactly how I wanted it. And if you're super creative, you can design it from scratch. Or if you're like me, you can start with one of the amazing templates, which gives you a really solid base to build off of. And then from there, everything is automatically optimized, whether it's desktop or mobile. Honestly, it's just super simple to use, easy, and anything you don't know, there's support and videos there to help you. To make this even better, they have built-in SEO, so you don't need to be an SEO expert, or you don't have to hire someone and pay someone either in order for your business to get recognized online. Now, of course, I'm not just going to rave about this amazing product and not share it with you, so if you or someone you know wants to create an amazing website all you have to do is go to wix.com forward slash podcast to get started today for 10% off. Again, that is wix.com forward slash podcast. Now, without further ado, everyone, please meet Mr. Nir Eyal. Well, Nir Eyal, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? Thanks. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, briefly, Nir, if uh, you wouldn't mind, for some people out there being first introduced to you, just speaking a little bit more on to who you are and what it is that you do. 
Yeah, so I am a behavioral designer, which means that I help companies build products to design user behavior, to build healthy habits in users' lives. And I also help all of us, the users of these products and services, design our behavior to make sure we can get the best of these products without letting them get the best of us. Mm, love that. So when we talk about behaviors, because I, like, I am a big, I, I love behavior. I think habits control behaviors and behaviors control the results that we're getting. So when you talk about behavior specifically, um, how can we as people better our behaviors and habits on a daily basis? Yeah. So, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So to me, the way that, we, you know, the, the, the way that we improve our own behaviors is by understanding the deeper psychology of why we do what we do. Uh, that I, I like to say that the antidote to impulsiveness is forethought. So it doesn't matter, you know, how well designed a product might be, how enticing. Uh, one thing that we have at our advantage uh, over every other species on Earth is our ability to foresee the future. And so if we can plan ahead, we can make sure that we can take steps today to make sure that we do what we want to do in the future. And when you talk about planning ahead, how detailed does this plan have to be? Well, it comes down, I think, to understanding the strategy. The tactics are actually less important. So tactics are what you do. Strategy is why you do it. Mm. And what I find with a lot of folks is that they're very dependent on tactics, right? Yes. So, so they read somewhere that they should wake up early. Okay. They wait, read somewhere they should take a <laughs> shower. They read somewhere like, you know, some guru came up with some pet project, some, you know, uh, unscientific uh, idea. And that's what they start doing. But they don't understand a, a, a greater awareness of how it all fits together. And so what I wanted to try and provide people uh, with my book, Indistractable, is a framework, an understanding of the strategy that they can use in just four parts to come up with their own tactics. Now I give lots and lots of tactics in the book that you can utilize, things that I myself have, have, have integrated into my own life. But the really important idea here is that you understand the big picture, the first principles behind why we get distracted, why we so often do things that we don't intend to do. Yeah, it's funny because I mean, we hear it so many times, people will tell you, you know, you have to wake up at 5 a.m. and you have to do, you have to go to the gym for at least an hour a day. But oftentimes <laughs> we're all different. Our schedules are different. We as people are different and it doesn't work for everyone, but there is so many people out there that, that say, you know, if you follow this exact routine, you're, <laughs> you're going to make it. Yeah. And so it's, it was really important to me to be very clear with folks that I am not telling them what to do. What I want to help them do is to do things that are in accordance with their values. So I'm not one of these people who says that, you know, video games are bad, but uh, watching football on TV, that's somehow good, right? Like yeah. there's no there's no superior moral argument for one pastime or another. You can spend your time however you want. What I want to help you do is to live in accordance with your values. What we so often find, particularly when it comes to, you know, the self-help personal uh, development industry is that, you know, we, we buy books to tell us what to do. Yeah. Right. But we, we basically know what to do. Right. If you want to uh, have a, a good looking body, if you want to be healthy, you have to exercise and eat right. Right. <laughs> is, is that news to anyone? Uh, if you want to have good relationships, well, you have to be fully present with people you love. If you want to do really well at your job, guess what? You have to do the work, even the hard stuff, especially the hard stuff. The question isn't what should we do? We basically know what to do. The question should be, why don't we do it? 
And I didn't find a book that explained that to me, right? Like if we know what to do, by the way, this is a really old problem. Socrates and Plato talk about this problem. They call it akrasia, which is the tendency that we have to do things against our better interests. And that was 2,500 years ago, before Instagram, before television, before Facebook, before the constant news cycle, right? All of these things that we have today make it harder to focus. Clearly, True. if you're looking for a distraction, it's easier than ever, but it's nothing new. And that means that there are some strategies that we can use to make sure we can put it in its place, that we are certainly not powerless. What are some of those strategies for us? Sure. So there's four big strategies. So the okay. first thing we need to do is to understand what is distraction, right? We talk about this word. What does that word actually mean? So the way to define distraction, the best way to think of it is to define what it is not. The opposite of distraction is not focus. The opposite of distraction is traction. Hmm. So if you notice traction and distraction, they both end in the same word, action, reminding us that distraction and traction are actions that we take, not things that happen to us. Both words actually come from the same Latin root, trahare, which means to pull. So traction is any action that pulls you towards what you want to do, things that you do with intent. The opposite of traction is distraction any action you take that pulls you away from what you did, something that you didn't intend to do. And so with that framework, we can get very clear about what is traction and distraction in our life, what we plan to do, what we do with intent, and what we anything that is not that is distraction. And so this is, this is super, super important because one, it tells us that, hey, as long as we plan to do something with intent, it's fine. Like if you want to play video games, play video games. If you want to take a long walk, if you even want to plan three hours in your day to be spontaneous, wonderful. Yeah. But do it with intent, right? If you, you know, I'm not one of these people who say, you know, go on a digital detox or go on a 30-day plan. That stuff doesn't work. It doesn't <laughs> work because it's temporary, yeah. right? So I used, I used to be clinically obese, and uh, I would constantly go on these fad diets, right? No fat, fast food for 30 days, you know, vinegar and cayenne pepper for 30 days. And of course... <laughs> You know, you know what happens on day 31. No, of course. You eat like crazy because you didn't actually make any substantive change to the relationship with why you overeat. So that leads us to the very first step, which is to master the internal triggers. And, you know, most gurus and productivity experts, they don't tell you about the real reason you don't do what you say you're going to do is one reason. And that one reason is to escape discomfort. Mm, interesting. If we don't master these internal triggers, we are always going to be manipulated by others. We have to deal with the icky sticky truth that we use and overuse and sometimes abuse these various products and services, whether it's booze, whether it's internet porn, whether it's Facebook. Yep. We always do these things to escape something we don't want to feel. And if you don't start with that first, and I had to go through a very long, hard journey to understand the demons that I was escaping from, and I talk about this in the book, but that has to be the first step. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to go see a psychiatrist. That's, that's, I'm, not, I'm not saying everybody needs to do that. Some. But everyone, <laughs> some of us do. Yep. But, and there's, that's great. You know, I, I recommend it if, if somebody wants to do that and they think that would be helpful, terrific. I don't think everybody needs it necessarily. Yeah. But I think what all of us do need are tactics to cope with those uncomfortable sensations in a healthier manner. So we're not turning to a distraction as a pacification device. We're turning to our devices, our tools, 
as just that, as tools that serve us as opposed to us serving them. So that's the first step is to master the okay. internal triggers. And there's three other steps. So do you think that the first step towards, say, creating that change, right? So mm -hmm. when people stop that habit or stop that cycle of when something becomes uncomfortable, they turn to whatever it is they turn to. Is it awareness? Is it you starting to become super aware of those moments and of those triggers? Absolutely. That's, that's a big part of it. Uh, that in fact, that is the first step to disarming these uncomfortable emotional states is to uh, understand that they are present and, and this is super important, that they are completely normal. Hmm. You know, we have been fed this myth that in our society, if you're not happy, if you're not satisfied all day long, that something's wrong with you. It's true. That you must have a disorder or you need some medication for something. Look, being dissatisfied is the default human state. We are designed for dissatisfaction. Think about it. Do you think that a species of Homo sapiens that was totally satisfied with life, that didn't want for anything, did they survive better or worse than our ancestors that wanted more? Of course, we killed them. <laughs> They're yeah. dead. Because our, the people that we're descended from always wanted more. It's perfectly normal to be dissatisfied. That's why how we are designed. Now, the question is, can you channel that dissatisfaction for traction, for something that is helpful in your life? Or do you channel it to something destructive, something that is harmful in your life? And the good news is if we understand these tactics, starting with awareness of the sensation, then step two, acceptance of that sensation, then step three, exploring it with curiosity as opposed to contempt, we can channel it in a healthier manner to do more traction and less distraction. Hmm. It, it's almost like replacing those habits and behaviors that have gotten you, say, to this point and now replacing them with healthy ones. That's right, but you don't necessarily, so some people think that, oh, the, the best way to stop a bad habit is to always replace it with a bad habit. Some, some I mean, with a better habit, mm -hmm. some habits you just want to stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And so course. it doesn't necessarily mean, like, uh, I don't know if you read Charles Duhigg book, Power Habit, great book, yep. except there's this part in it where he talks about, you know, he gained weight, he was eating a cookie every day, and he realized that he was going to replace eating the cookie with talking to a colleague. Well, okay. I, I think that's a really shallow analysis. That's not <laughs> yeah. true. I mean, come on. Look, when I want an ooey gooey, sticky, chocolatey cookie, yeah. talking to Mo from accounting is not going to do it for me, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so the idea is, you know, we need other tactics. We need more than just mindfulness, more than just meditation. Not that those techniques don't work; they're great, but we need more than those tactics to to get us through our day. Gotcha. So going back to the planning that you had mentioned. Um, Obviously, you probably need a plan or a vision, say, for what you want, but is planning, does that encompass, say, like a daily plan every single day, having a plan in place? Yeah, yeah. So the second step, this is a perfect segue. So remember how we talked about traction and distraction? Yes. So how do you know the difference between traction and distraction? You see, distraction tricks us. It makes us think that what we're doing is what we really want to do, <laughs> even when we'll regret it later. So how many times have you sat at your desk and you say, okay, I'm gonna do that big project, I'm gonna work on that essay, I'm gonna work on that slide <laughs> presentation, after I just check email for a minute. And, and you say, well, well, email is kind of productive, right? Email is kind of a worky thing to do. Yeah. If it's not what you plan to do, it is just as much of a distraction as putzing around on YouTube, because it's not what you plan to do with your time. 
So the idea here is the only way you can tell the difference between traction and distraction is to plan ahead. Because the fact is, we have no right to call something a distraction unless we know what it distracted us from. Got you. So I, I have this uh, case study in the book where I talked to a, a friend of mine who I helped deal with her distraction. And she told me about you know how distracting the world is and how she can't get see, seem to get anything done because her boss wants this and her kids want that and you know Donald Trump said that and every you know so much confusion and distraction <laughs> in her life and she can't get anything done, and so I said wow that's that's really tough can can you show me what it was you planned to do what did you get distracted from today, and she takes out her calendar, and she shows it to me, and it's blank, yeah just white space. Yeah. Two thirds of people listening to my voice right now do not keep a calendar. And even the one third who do keep a calendar don't keep a time boxed calendar. And time boxed calendar means that we are counting for our time in a way that is consistent with our values. We have to turn our values into time. And again, I'm not telling you what your values should be. Whatever it is that is valuable to you in your life, spending time with your kids, working out, listening to an audiobook, attending a church, a seminar, whatever it might be, doing all the things you have to do at work, is there time on your schedule to do those things? Because the fact is, if you don't plan your day in this day and age, these devices have gotten so good at distracting us yeah. that if you don't plan your day, somebody else will. It's funny because I even look back and I've started to do this and I would say like six months ago, I would find myself doing exactly what you're saying where it's like I'm working and then you jump from one thing to the other, but I really look at it and I'm like, well, what was my intention for the day? What did I want to accomplish other than just working? And I think so many of us get caught up in this cycle of just working and we think because we're in front of a computer, we're working. Right, right. So that, that's what I call pseudo work. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so pseudo work is this work that looks like work. It looks like we're being productive. Yeah. But we know if we're honest with ourselves, that's not what we intended to do. And it's just as much of a distraction as reading Sports Illustrated or ESPN or whatever you're doing with your time. That's not the thing you planned to do. So with what you're saying, is it, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter, say, what you plan for that day. You may only have one thing planned that you want to accomplish, but as long as it's traction, it's getting you towards your goal, that's a good thing. If it's on your calendar. Mm -hmm. And it so, has to be on your calendar. It has to be on your calendar. So many of us buy into this myth of the to-do list because many productivity gurus tell us that to get things done, we have to put things in a big to-do list and then magically they'll get done. Yeah. They left out half the story. It's like they gave you, you know, ha ha half the the menu or whatever. Like it's only half of the equation because think about it. A to-do list is the output. It's the list of the things you want to accomplish. Right? So, you know, a a, a baker, his output is cakes. A person who washes cars, their output is the number of washed cars they do per day. Our output as knowledge workers is all these things on our to-do list, right? Coming up with solutions to difficult problems. That's what we do all day. And we, yeah. they come in the form of all our to-do, to-dos on our to-do list. But just like a baker has to consider his inputs, right? The flour, the sugar, all of the input into making bread. We have to consider the one input that we control as knowledge workers, which is our time. So everybody I know who keeps a to-do list, they all have this list of all the things they want to do. <laughs> 
And you know, I know why you're laughing because it's you. What happened to you exactly happened to me, yeah. <laughs> which is the bottom. You know, fifty percent just goes from the next day to the next day to the yeah, next day. It's true. And we why? Because we haven't put the time on our calendar to do those things on our to-do list. So that is critical. We have to make time for traction by putting it on our calendar. And actually, I got so frustrated that I couldn't find a tool to do this for me that I actually built a very, very simple tool. It's free. I'll give you the link for the show notes so that anybody great. can use to build their day. That'd be great. And and I think what you know, you'd kind of mentioned this earlier too is like it it's the why. And I, and I think having that why for why you want those things to be accomplished then it allows you to set time aside for it because you know why you're doing it. That's right. That's a big part of it is is uh, getting consistent with your values. Whatever your values are, again, I'm not going to tell you what your values should be. Only you can decide that. Don't let other people tell you that, uh, that, you know, that your value should be something else. It's only what you can decide for yourself. But then I want you to make time for those values. I want to be able to look at your calendar and say, oh, yeah, this is the kind of person who makes time to take care of their physical health, their mental health, their their kids, their relationships, their friends. They have time on their calendar clearly reflected to do those things. And and many of these things we want to routinize, right? So friends is a big one. You know, we have this epidemic of loneliness in this country. Psychologists tell us that loneliness is as detrimental to our health as smoking and obesity, believe wow. it or not. And and many of us do not have quality friendships. Why don't we have quality friendships? Because we don't make time for it. We say, oh, we should get together sometime. Psh, when does that time ever happen? <laughs> yeah. I want you, we need to put these regular occasions. If you have people in the world you care about, put time on your calendar to call them, to reach out, to meet with them regularly on your calendar from now until eternity. That's how we maintain these relationships. So for people listening who don't have those values set for themselves, are there things that they can do in order to start getting more clear on that specifically? Yeah, that, that's where I think this calendar tool is so helpful because yeah. the idea here is to, to – well, first of all, you know what? Words really matter, so we should define what values mean. Values are attributes of the person you want to become. Values are attributes of the person you want to become. So uh, you you never achieve your values, right? Uh, you, you you know you don't you don't get to the finish line when yeah. it comes to your values. So what the what the nice thing about this is that when you look at your day, right, from when you wake up to when you go to sleep, you only have so much time every day. So your question should be to to look at that calendar and 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 ask yourself how should it re reflect your values based on how you spend your time so you don't need to do some big introspective search and you know go go find a guru in the himalayas to teach you the, <laughs> the you know your values just look at your calendar and say hey how much time should i spend in the gym, if that's one of your values, is, is being physically healthy. How much time should I spend reading, listening to an audiobook, whatever it might be? How much time should I spend with my significant other, with my kids, at work? What, how, you know, we have to take into the account the practicalities of life, including transportation, et cetera. Those things need to place on your calendar as well. But that, I think that's a, a good starting place. You don't have to, you know, go read, read Nietzsche to uh, understand your values. So if I were to, like, dive in and look at your calendar specifically for people who are interested, like is in your life is every hour scheduled? Yep. Wow. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And down, do you do that the day before? Okay. So that's where this template is so important. So okay. uh, that, and I'll give you the link in the show notes. So Great. what you want to do is you want to build a template. This will take you about 30 minutes. That's how long it took me the first time I did it. And then every week, one of the things in my calendar is every week to review my schedule. Mm -hmm. And so for 15 minutes, I have it every Sunday night at 8 p.m. 
I sit down and I look at this calendar for the week and I say, okay, is there anything I need to adjust based on what happened last week? For example, if last week I didn't have enough time to do my emails, for example, well then for the next week I'll adjust. I'll give a little bit more time here, a little less time there to make sure that in the week ahead I have enough time in my day to do everything it is that I want to do with my time. Uh, I think that's super valuable because it gives you that reflection time. And, and again, I think that's something that I struggled with and, and people do is you, you work constantly, but you don't take time to sit back and, and say, okay, what's working? How can I optimize this? What, what can I do differently? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and remember, we've only covered the first two steps. Do you mind if I talk about the other absolutely. two real quick? That'd be great. <laughs> so the, the first step is to master the internal triggers. The second step is to make time for traction. The third step is to hack back the external triggers. So the pings, dings, rings, and things that can lead us to either traction or distraction. If an external trigger serves us, if it helps us do what we want to do, it leads to traction. But if it's something that takes us away from what we do, then it's a distraction. So of course, obviously, we want to take, we want to make sure that we hack back the external triggers on our computers, on our phones, on our electronic devices. Which, by the way, very few people actually do. I give you a, a step-by-step plan for how to do this in less than 45 minutes. You can make your devices wow. indistractable. But also, we have to hack back, you know, the, the the less obvious types of distraction. For example, meetings. How much time do we spend in stupid <laughs> meetings, right? Yeah. And so how do we make meetings indistractable? How do we make email indistractable? How do we cure the problem of distraction that comes from open floor plan offices? I mean, how many of us work in open floor plan offices where people come by our desk and interrupt us all day long? Well, every copy of indistractable comes with what I call a screen sign. It's a piece of cardstock. You pull it out of the book. You fold it into thirds. It's this big red sign you put on your computer monitor that says, I'm indistractable, very politely. I'm indistractable. Please come back later. Right? Because mm. even a colleague coming up to you when you're in the middle of doing focus work True. is a distraction. So that's the third step. The fourth and final step that we have to do last, this is super important you do it last. If you do this too soon before you've done the other three steps, it's going to backfire. The last step is to prevent distraction with pacts. It's about using technology to fight technology distraction. So I, I highlight all these different tools we can use to create either an effort pact, a price pact, or an identity pact to help prevent getting distracted by all of these things to keep us in as opposed to letting, uh, it, it, it keep us in and focused on traction as opposed to letting us get distracted. It's so funny you bring that up because I think most people are like, if you don't want to be distracted, just put your phone in your bedroom and hide from it for two hours. But realistically, that doesn't always happen. Yeah, yeah. So that that's what's so important, too, about making you know the time for this. If you do want to have focused work time for two hours, that's fine if it's in your schedule. Uh, but to kind of be like, yes, I'm going to do it right now is, is pretty unrealistic. You got to make sure you do those other things first. Wow. So based on all the people that you've worked with, that you've helped, obviously, that you've seen, I mean this probably happens everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah, it sure does. I mean, and it's, it's always been with us, right? It's a, it's a problem that Socrates and Plato talked about 2,500 years ago. It is not a new problem. The tools have changed, but the basic human psychology has not changed. We are still very distractible. How by implementing these four steps, how do you think that would impact someone's business and life? Yeah, so you know, this is really what I call the skill of the century. It's this macro mm. skill that once we've mastered, I mean, think about how amazing your life would be uh, if you did what you said you're going to do, 
if you just follow through, right? I mean, we, we know that being dishonest to someone else is something we would never want to do. We would never want to be called a liar. I mean, what a terrible put down is it when someone calls you a liar Mm -hmm. and yet we lie to ourselves all the time. We say we're going to eat right. We don't. We say we're going to exercise. We don't. We say we're going to work on that big project. We don't. This is the skill of the century. If you know how to live with personal integrity, how to keep the promises to yourself, you can accomplish anything. I, I love that because I think keeping the more promises you keep to yourself, the more confidence that grows in you. Right. Right. The problem is that a lot of folks don't know how. And so what happens is they teach themselves that they are incompetent. Right. They say, oh, I'd really like to do that. And then they don't do it. And, bec- and it's not it's entirely their fault. They don't know how to do it. And then they start building this self-image, right? They, they either become what I call blamers or shamers. The blamers are the one that says, oh, it's, it's the technology that did it to me. It's the distraction of Facebook and the news and all that. They're, they're doing it to me. And then the shamers, they internalize it. They say, you see, there's something broken with me. I have a short attention span. I have an addictive personality. There's something wrong with me. And neither of those answers are correct. It's not blamers are wrong and the shamers are wrong. They're both wrong. Because these are behaviors that we can change if we know how. How much time have you put into this? Because, I mean, you're clearly an expert when it comes to this. How many years did it take you to develop this skill? It took me five years wow. to write this book. And it took me three years to write my first book. And, and so they kind of bled into each other. They're, they're, they're tangentially related. Uh, it took me a long time. A lot of that time was spent going down rabbit holes of, uh, you know, reading, reading other people's techniques and learning well, that didn't work at all. Yeah. Like, like this 30 day digital detox stuff. It, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work because yeah. it doesn't address the real issues of why we get distracted. So that's a big reason why it took me so long. You know, I don't like to write books that don't need to be written. So if, if, if I find a book that's a, that solves the problem I'm looking to solve, well, then I don't need to write that book. Terrific. Somebody's already written it. But yeah. in this case, I tried all these different solutions. They didn't work. And so I, I needed to find an answer for myself as much as for my readers. Yeah, well, I think this is super important. I think so many people can benefit from this because, like you said, so many of us try diets and so many of us try to implement this new technique and wake up at 5 a.m. And oftentimes it's not sustainable. And I think this sort of hits down and into those problems and how you can kind of stop that and keep more promises to yourself. Um, yeah. So for people out there who wanted to grab a hold of this book, learn more about you, where's the best place they can go? Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. So um, my website is nearandfar.com, but near is spelled like my first name, N-I-R, so N-I-R and far.com. And the book is called Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. And if you go to indistractable.com, there are all kinds of tools there. Uh, Whether you buy the book or not, there's all kinds of tools, an 80-page workbook, that distraction tracker, all kinds of stuff. Uh, The schedule maker I talked about at indistractable.com. It's I-N, distract, A-B-L-E. So I-N, distract, A-B-L-E, indistractable. Amazing. That is indistractable.com and also nearandfar.com. I will share both of those in the show notes to make it super simple for everyone listening. And now, Near, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is we're going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought we can all go home with today. Consistency over intensity. That many of us do these temporary plans to change our life and when we plan 
to temporarily change our life, we are planning to go back to our old way of doing things. And so don't strive for intensity, strive for consistency, for lifelong change, not temporary change. Amazing. And as you can see from this interview, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today consistency. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we have the chance to speak with the amazing Nir Eyal. Nir, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to come on the show and share your knowledge with us here today. My sincere pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you liked. Also, share this out with a friend. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.